The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, it is the Toby Griffin Show. We're broadcasting live from London today ahead of tomorrow's coronation that you might have heard is happening and joining me now in the studio we have Dr Ed Owens who's a historian royal commentator and author good afternoon how are you yeah good afternoon I'm really well thank you pleased to be here yes it's great to have you here and you just flew in from Paris last night right well actually I got the Eurostar oh, of course, yeah. uh, and there were there were plenty there were plenty of people coming across though for the uh, the coronation I could see quite a lot of Americans tourists that have clearly been spending some time in Paris yeah. but were gearing up for a, a weekend of a London experience. Yeah, and have you been walking around? I don't know, you've probably been doing loads of press today, but have you have, had time to see all the crowds everywhere? I have, I've been taking in the crowds from about 6.20 this morning when, wow. <laughs> when I first rocked up at Westminster Abbey to do some media work. Wow. Uh, and really since then it's been, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting day. Uh, I've been into a, a few pubs to do interviews as oh, well. Wow. If foreign broadcasters love to come to the UK and they're like we've got to visit a British pub we've got to go and we've got to we've got to te- we've got to we've got to do the interview in the most British of places and, and, they, and you know they're draped in all the in all the royal finery all the all the all the flags all the bunting yeah it's uh, it's been interesting to see it but yeah it's, it's London in full colour well I'm sorry this isn't quite a pub and it wasn't quite the gold coach that brought you here either <laughs> now this is the silliest question you've been asked all day no doubt but what actually is a coronation because King Charles III is already the king. He became the king when the queen died. Mm-hmm. So what does tomorrow mean? You're absolutely right. The, the king became uh, king the moment uh, the queen died, and that's because uh, the idea of the, the crown as embodied by the reigning monarch never dies. Um, mm. It's this idea that the, 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 the king or queen has two bodies, a mortal body and an eternal body. Yeah. So this is, if you like, putting the cherry on the icing tomorrow. Uh, what it is, it's the, the formal sacralization uh, of this this new status of our king. Uh, most important of all, as part as part of the coronation, isn't actually the crowning moment when the the crown is placed on the monarch's head. It's the anointing with holy oil. Mm. This is the moment when uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, Justin Welby, will make a small uh, cross on the forehead of our king, and in doing so, he is, if you like, bequeathing God's grace on that monarch.
monarch. Now, if yeah. you go back sort of seven or 800 years, it used to be the case that the monarch wanted to be the one anointed because, of course, there were all these other people competing for that role. Yeah. And, if, and if you hadn't been anointed, someone else would try and get anointed <laughs> and then they'd become the monarch. So that's the change. Um, and that is the, the centerpiece of tomorrow's coronation, this anointing with holy oil. And that part is going to be kind of away from the cameras, right? It's going to be kind of covered up. You're absolutely right. The, uh, the anointing is the only bit that we're not going to see as part of the televised broadcast because it's meant to be an intimate moment between the deity and, uh, and God's representative on earth. And just like in 1953, this isn't going to be, to be made public. Yeah. Now, what are the other key moments to look out for in the coronation that maybe people forget? So there are, there are four or five key stages. Um, this is uh, a different ceremonial uh, event compared to 1953. Quite a lot of yeah. the, the elaborate ritual has been stripped away, mainly because it, it just doesn't feel very in touch with our 21st century. Um, but it starts with a thing called the recognition. Uh, and in that moment, the king is presented to the four corners of what's called the Coronation Theatre. Uh, mm. So the four parts of Westminster Abbey, symbolically the four corners of the world, yeah. presented to his people as representative of his people. Um, this is followed by uh, the swearing of an oath. The oath is the secular aspect of this coronation ritual. It's where he will swear to uphold the laws of the land, uh, to serve his people. Uh, we then have the anointing with holy oil, followed by the investiture with all the regalia, yeah. uh, the various sort of scepters, um, the, the orb. Uh, you're going to see various other bits. Of course, the crown uh, as well. Which, and then you're going to see right at the end what's called the enthronement, where he is going to be lifted into what's called St. Edward's Throne. Uh, underneath it, that is the, 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 st the stone of, of Scone, or Scone. Yes, uh, Scone, I think. Uh, is it Scone? Is that how you say it, Northern yeah. Border? Yeah. Okay, uh, which has come down from Scotland, especially for this, this event, a symbolic, uh, a symbolic stone representing the union between England and Scotland. Uh, and that is the final piece of sort of elaborate ritual. Yeah, and that St. Edward's chair is really old, isn't it? Because it looks it. It really is. It's the oldest piece of furniture in the United Kingdom still used for its original purpose. Wow, that's <laughs> a credible fact. <laughs> well, maybe it is. <laughs> yeah. And one of the differences, I suppose, is that this is, of course, the 1953 coronation was the first to be televised, and this is even more televised. There's much more cameras everywhere you walk down the street along the procession route. There's TV cameras everywhere. Mm, you're absolutely right. The 1953 coronation was the first time that they let the cameras into Westminster Abbey. A big mass media moment in terms of the history of television, uh, and a big, a big mass media moment in terms of the history of the monarchy. Now, of course, we live in this, yeah, this world where we've got screens all around us. Yeah. Uh, we've got them in the palms of our hands as well. Um, and as you say, there are these big screens throughout throughout central London for, for people's viewing pleasure. Yeah, and do you think that the crowds are all going to come out and people are going to want to kind of watch it? Because this is probably the biggest kind of national event in our lifetimes, maybe. In yeah, and it's an interesting observation. I'd say two things. Yeah. I don't think the enthusiasm of the, the British public is anything like it 
was back in 1953. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a huge level of anticipation, sort of 16 months worth of build-up before the 53 coronation. And Elizabeth II was very, very popular, um, yeah. not least because she was this sort of young symbol of, of, of optimism and enthusiasm. King Charles has come to the throne, different kind of personality. I think the procession route through central London has been made deliberately shorter because they want to make sure the crowds look big on the, <laughs> on the, on the, on the day. They don't yeah. want it to look sort of like... Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. People are, the, 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 the crowds are too thin. So I think there's a, there is a steady buildup of enthusiasm, but it's, it's not comparable to 1953. And I think it also tells us a little bit about the monarchy standing in, in 2023 as opposed to 50, 1953. Yeah. And, and why do you think um, Charles appears to be less popular than his mother? Is it simply because there's big shoes to fill or is it because of the man himself? Partly you're right. It's about the big shoes that, that, that to fill and the fact that really since... Uh, Elizabeth died, there has been this kind of uh, symbolic hole at the centre of the monarchy. Um, I would also suggest that, you know, he's a much more complicated individual than his mother ever was in terms of his public image. Since the 1980s, we've known about these sort of human frailties, uh, the fact that he's made mistakes. Um, We know a lot more about him. And whilst we might think that the issue of environmentalism is something that would naturally appeal to a sort of environmentally conscious younger generation, it's just not resonating because Mm. I think they see 
see it as a symbolic gesture and it's and in terms of real world impacts it's not necessarily having that effect so yeah. i think he's there's a bit of a, a dissonance between what he's trying to achieve and and how younger people feel especially and you mentioned earlier about the stone of schoon or whatever however you pronounce it also known as the stone of destiny hmm. what's the purpose of that because i've seen a lot on social media people just being like what in hmm. the 21st century we have a stone uh, and it's <laughs> transported like it's like it's the king actually with all that ceremony that's absolutely right so let's call it the stone of destiny so, to avoid my <laughs> awful pronunciation but the um it, it is it's a it, it is about the symbolism of monarchy and if yeah. we go back 700 800 years the, the significance of spiritual symbolism ar- around things like this stone w- would have made sense to the public they they were more in sort of enamored with this idea of symbolism as, as yeah. you rightly point out in the 21st century a lot of this symbolism we just don't get yeah. and hence we've had quite a lot of media organizations notably the bbc this week trying to explain this symbolism <laughs> uh, to the public and i think some of it will stick and some of it we will make sense of some of it though sort of just sort of drifts over people's head and i i think that's kind of natural we're not as engaged with the idea of symbolism in this country anymore compared to how we were 30 40 50 70 years ago 700 years ago yeah so what are the some of the key historical coronation things that you find quite interesting well uh, this is a coronation that uh, follows in a tradition of modern coronations that really started in 1902 Um, I think we have to situate uh, this coronation in the context of a monarchy that needs to survive. So the story of the monarchy over the last 150 years has been okay, there are these people uh, called members of the public, they have voting power, if they want to get rid of us, they can get rid of us. Mm. And the the monarchy has, since the late 19th century, basically thought to itself that it's got to make itself accessible and meaningful. So the ceremony, the ritual of coronations has been a way of making a statement about monarchy. Central central to the modern British nation, it's a a symbol, it's meant to be a symbol of unity, maybe not right now, uh, but nevertheless, uh, that is an important element of this of this particular kind of ceremony, yeah. And if it survived since the late nineteenth um, century with that view, um, is there any reason why it can't survive even further now? I think that the monarchy can absolutely survive. It's definitely gone through more challenging periods than is currently the case. Mm. But what those challenging periods have required is an active program of modernisation. Yeah. And I think the challenge that the current House of Windsor has is that it it has has. S- s- uh, so far shown no sense of sort of a, a bigger desire to modernise, to do things completely differently. Past monarchs have done it, and they've done it very successfully. As recently as uh, 110 years ago, I know it doesn't sound very recent, <laughs> but but there was a king called George V, Elizabeth II's grandfather, yeah. huge programme of modernisation, and if you like, it's it, he he set the foundations on which Elizabeth's reign was built. Yeah. I think we're now going through another difficult period, and I think we need to see a programme of modernisation from the monarchy if it is to survive. Yeah. And you mentioned that a coronation is a way of kind of improving the perception of the monarchy Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, making people support them. Um, It can go the other way, of course. And I think we've seen that with people saying, why are you spending all this money on a coronation? Absolutely. Um, And, you know, the, the part of the narrative that the royal household promoted early on was that this was a, a streamlined event, a, a, a scaled down coronation. Yeah. 
2,000 invited guests, which does sound a lot, compared <laughs> to the 5,000 that were invited in 1953. Now, I think this is a bit of a red herring, mm. because this is likely to be the most expensive coronation ever staged, um, when we take into consideration especially the security costs. Yeah. I was wandering around uh, central London last night trying to find my hotel, <laughs> and, on the, and on the way, the police presence in central London at the moment yeah. is extraordinary. So um, when, we'll never f- find out fully what the security costs of this event uh, are going to be, but it's anticipated to be something between 100 and £150 million. Pounds. Well, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And there's police in London at the best of times, but exactly. there is loads. You can't walk down the street without seeing the police, which is interesting. Um, and what are you doing tomorrow? How are you spending the coronation day? Are you working on the press, or uh, are you going to be there, camping out with I'm the fans? Be, I, good question. I'm going to be doing a bit of both. Um, yeah. So I'm uh, just finishing uh, a, a new book about this, oh. um, which I'm going to tell you the title, if that's okay. Yeah, that's it's, fine. <laughs> it's, called, it's, it's called After Elizabeth, oh. Can the Monarchy Save Itself? And uh, I'm approaching this, uh, the, the, the opening section is focusing in on this event in particular, and I'm looking forward to going and having a chat with some of the crowds Ooh. so that I can use some of the conversation I have about this event in the, in the book. Um, but apart from that, uh, I will also be doing quite a lot of media work, so it'll be, be trying to combine a bit of the two. Yeah, well, good luck with chatting to the crowds because you go down there <laughs> when you've already arranged an interview with them and they're getting approached from all sorts of organisations. So That's you right. have to wait your turn. I will be. <laughs> <laughs> well, many thanks for joining us. And because you're the last live interview of the day, all those chocolates and biscuits are yours. <laughs> Too kind. Thank you very much for having me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.